You may be seated. Good morning. It's good to be with you. Our sermon text, as was mentioned, is Mark chapter 6. So if you have your copy of God's Word, uh, please open it uh, there. It is not in the bulletin this morning. Mark six thirty through 44. Uh, you can title this sermon, Finding Rest and Satisfaction in the Messiah. Finding Rest and Satisfaction in the Messiah. Let me open us with a word of prayer. Father in heaven... You are a great and marvelous Savior, a great and marvelous God, our Master, our Redeemer, and our friend. As your word goes forth this morning, drive it deep into our hearts so that we may believe, but not be hearers only, but be doers of your word. And so be here in our midst, nourishing your people as you have promised. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It is hard to find satisfaction when our plans get frustrated. I'm sure many of you can think of times when someone or something got in your way. You were worn out. You saw a light at the end of the tunnel. Rest and satisfaction. But here comes the responsibility again, blocking you from your needs. It's easy to get angry and frustrated when we need rest. Every summer, my family goes on vacation to Siesta Key, as I've mentioned before, and and that's kind of the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, uh, for us. Uh, Most of the time, my sister has a bunch of friends uh, who come, and they love playing with the kids. Uh, Well, in the summer of 2021, that didn't happen at all. Usually, cousins are there to help, that didn't help. Uh, that didn't happen very much that summer either. To make matters worse, my sister had to go back home for a week of the vacation, uh, which made things even more difficult. So she wasn't there much that summer. Uh, then the last five days of the vacation, I got COVID. Uh, a day or two after, all of my kids got COVID. All six. All of them. My wife had to take care of all of us. She's the only one who didn't get it. Uh, We needed rest after the vacation, you see. And so it it was very easy to get frustrated, to lack love and compassion for our children or our family or each other, because we wanted rest. We wanted to be satisfied. But you see, rest and satisfaction doesn't ultimately come from vacation. But our hope is in this fact, that rest and satisfaction will ultimately come in the end, because the kingdom has come in Jesus, and it will be brought to completion. Through his body that he gave for us, we will sit in the marriage supper of the Lamb and be fed by him and be fully satisfied. And just that truth alone should give us an inward rest and satisfaction that's deeper than any physical thing we may experience in this life. And so the big picture this morning is this, that because Jesus is the true messianic shepherd, we must find our rest and satisfaction in him. The outline looks like this. Our, our need, we'll look at our need for rest. We'll look at when to put aside our rest. And then we will consider our ultimate 
rest. Our need for rest, when to put aside our rest, and our ultimate rest. So first, let's consider our need for rest in verses 30 and 32, where we'll see that since Christians are called to a life of service to others, we must rest our own bodies and souls. Uh, Jesus sent out the disciples, the apostles, to go do the work of an apostle, to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. This is, this is what takes place previous to our text. They were to bring light to the blind and cast out demons, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so they return from this work and tell Jesus all that they've done and taught. And just as a side note, quickly, you see that they were accountable to the great shepherd, and that is an aspect of rest. It's restful knowing that we have help and accountability from our shepherd. It's a good thing that we're not all on our own. So now this ministry that Jesus sent them out for was hard work. It was physically and emotionally draining. So you look at verse 31. Many didn't have time even to eat. See, these men were put to work. But Jesus is the good shepherd who knows what his disciples are capable of and what they need. He knows their needs, and he knows uh, what it's like to feel tired and drained. He's able to sympathize with their weaknesses. And so what does Jesus say? He says, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. So brothers and sisters, Jesus calls you to a life of service, surely. Whether you're a plumber or a lawyer or a stay-at-home mother, serving others is hard work. But thankfully, Jesus, as the true shepherd, is the great rest giver. And he cares about your rest. I've said this uh, before, but many years uh, ago, I was a competitive swimmer in middle school, high school, and whatnot. And you're in the pool uh, as a competitive swimmer for over 20 hours a week. It's pretty grueling. But we had a wonderful coach, Coach Lou, who understood what we were capable of. He knew his team. He knew when we needed rest. There were many times that I thought I needed rest, and he said, no, we're going to push it way harder today. There's other days when um, we felt great and ready to go, and he said, we're going to take it easy today. And he, he was right. Uh, that was a good idea. There's, although very rare, there were also times when he would call off a practice because his team needed rest. So he, he seemed to always know what we needed. Coach Lou was a great shepherd. And what makes us think that Jesus knows us any less? Jesus knows when we need rest. And so as you're living life for the glory of God, seeking to glorify Him in all that you do, you will need rest. And the good news is that even when you don't know, Jesus knows when you need rest. And Jesus calls us to rest. Not just in him spiritually, of course, that's true. Put all of our hopes and affections upon him. But also physically, especially on, on the Lord's Day. Right? I know so many hardworking people, probably many of you, that feel guilty when you get tired. But Christian, Jesus grew tired. Jesus grew tired. And when the apostles got back, Jesus knew they were tired, and what did he say? He said, go get some rest. And so now we should take note that, uh, that just like their rest wasn't apart from Jesus, 
neither should your rest be. Maybe you feel guilty about resting because your idea of rest is worldly. Notice what Jesus had in mind for for the disciples, that they would go rest from their regular employment or ministry, excuse me, ministry in this case, go to some secluded place. Most likely they would have eaten, they would have prayed, they would have slept. But maybe when you think of rest, you, you think of getting drunk with wine. Maybe your idea of rest is to not have to go and get up for church on a Sunday, instead sleep in, because you think it's not that important. Christian, does your idea of rest include Jesus? If it does, you have nothing to feel guilty about. If you think of rest in a biblical way, there's nothing to be guilty of here. You may remember the time Elijah grew weary from his ministry after the slaughter of the false prophets. He's being chased down and he wants to give up. He wants God to take his life. He wants to die. And what does God do to the discouraged Elijah? He gives him food. He gives him sleep. Elijah wakes up then still discouraged. Still wants to end it all. What does God do? He gives him sleep. He gives him food. And then he gives him sleep. See, our God is a compassionate God. He knows our frame and he knows that we are dust. For he is the one who made you out of it. In the words of Psalm 127, he grants sleep to those he loves. As we will see, he is the great shepherd who feeds us until we are satisfied. Satisfaction from from Jesus is the rest our souls are longing for. And so, Christian, you are called to serve others. But you must make sure that you get rest for your body and your soul. For no matter what field you're in, burnout is real. And our compassionate Savior offers rest. But now the question is, how do we balance this properly? Because this can easily be misconstrued by our sinful flesh. Our sinful flesh likes to twist things. So how easy is it to say, well, my needs must come first, and so I need rest, and so I cannot serve you. I'm more important. I cannot help you. I'm unavailable. How do we balance this? We need wisdom. And so what we will see is the question, uh, is the answer to the question is that compassion and love for others should outweigh our own personal needs. So now let's look and consider when to put aside our rest Let's look at verses 33 through 38. We'll see that the, uh, we see first here that the apostles and Jesus were on a boat going to get rest. And lo and behold, they are spotted. And the crowds start to gather from the towns to meet them on the other side of the lake. You can imagine the disappointment in the disciples. We're on, on your way to get rest finally. And now there's a crowd. Kind of funny scene. But instead of running from them, we see the heart of the shepherd. For he sees the crowd and he has compassion on them. Because they were sheep without a shepherd. This shows us that Mark is connecting Jesus with all these different Old Testament themes. Jesus really is the fulfillment of all things. See, Mark is portraying Jesus as the new Moses. And this is the new Exodus. God is rescuing his people through his son out of slavery to sin. And the oppressive false shepherds who feed themselves rather than the people. 
He's also the Davidic king who has come to shepherd Israel as the true king. And the true shepherd king, as is evident in this passage, isn't simply another Moses, isn't simply another David, but is the Lord himself who became flesh and dwelt among us. For the true shepherd of Israel has always been God himself, and Jesus is God with us. And so these Israelites are sheep without a shepherd, and here they meet their true shepherd who has compassion on them and teaches them about the kingdom of God. But the disciples aren't interested. They don't get it. They don't get the significance of what is happening, you see. Look at verse 36. The disciples say, Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. It's late. This is a desolate place. Where are they going to get food around here? Right? There's no Uber Eats at that time. You know, very con- convenient Uber Eats is, right? They have to go into the city. Surely there's no way to get food out here, right? The disciples did not understand who they were with, right? They were with the true shepherd who feeds his sheep. They lacked faith in his ability to feed the sheep. But we don't just see here the disciples' lack of faith. Surely that's here. But the true shepherd also teaches shepherds under him how to shepherd. Emphatically, he commands them, give them something to eat. You see, the disciples are essentially saying, we are not responsible for their hunger. Send them, send them away. And Jesus says, oh, yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are responsible. You are shepherds under me aren't you? Don't have the attitudes of the false shepherds who simply feed themselves and never feed the sheep. I can't imagine this scene ringing in their ears through their ministry after the ascension. Surely they lacked faith, but they also didn't fully understand their role as shepherds. They were to feed the sheep, but not in their own strength, in the strength of Christ. And so we see Jesus here not just teaching the crowds about the kingdom of God, but also teaching his disciples by example. They needed rest, but you see the crowds need a shepherd. So let's put a hole on the rest, and may our compassion outweigh our need for rest. And let's love these shepherdless sheep. See, Jesus sees their needs, he sees their struggles, their pain, their heartache, their cries for help. And he has compassion on them. We all are called to serve others like Jesus. So therefore, may our compassion outweigh our own personal needs for rest. And again, that need is real. It is real and acknowledged. Jesus grew tired and needed rest. Jesus understands it. But wisdom says, may our scales always be tipped toward compassion. My sister has a very uh, busy life. She keeps herself busy. No one in my family likes to sit still at all. And so, as I mentioned earlier, uh, in in the summer of 2021, um, she missed a week of the vacation. Again, this is a vacation we kind of rely upon to some degree. Um, And and why? What happened there? I'm glad you asked. Uh, Her uh, boyfriend at the time, her boyfriend's Uh, mother tragically died uh, out of nowhere. 
It was, uh, she grew sick from COVID, and like a day or two later, uh, she passed away uh, pretty unexpectedly. So my sister uh, put her love and compassion for that family first, above her own need for rest. See, her compassion outweighed her own personal needs in that instance. She gave herself selflessly. We hear a lot about self-love today. You might have heard that phrase, self-love or self-care. Right? But it is true we need to love ourselves uh, to some degree. And while it's true that some form of self-care is important, because as we discussed before, you do need rest. For example, can a pastor feed if he's not fed himself? Surely not. So I'm not talking about caring for yourself in a general sense. However, so much of of this idea of self-love is really just a promotion of self-centered behavior. Self-centeredness is the enemy of compassion. It's the enemy of compassion. If we are solely thinking about ourselves and our needs, how can we ever put someone else first? Instead of self-love, we should probably think in terms of self-give. Self-give. Give yourself to the Lord with your whole heart. And He, in turn, will strengthen you and enable you to give yourself to others. Did the disciples still need rest? Yes. But it was put on hold for the sake of these sheep without a shepherd. When you see others who don't have a leader, haven't been taught how to live, maybe have been seriously hurt by someone else in their life, maybe a victim of a great atrocity, or when you encounter that type of person in your life struggling, do you say, send them away, let them get their own food, figure it out on their own? Or do you say, wow, this stinks, glad that's not my burden? Or do you think, well, this is awkward now, why did they tell me this? Or do you feel a sense of obligation? to love and help that person in a way that God has enabled you to do so. A heart of compassion weeps with those who are weeping, sees their pain, sees their struggle, and has a desire to help, even if it's inconvenient and even if it gets in the way of their own personal needs for rest and satisfaction. And the more we find our rest and satisfaction in the Messiah, you see, we will more and more be able to give ourselves to others while still being at rest and still being satisfied. For we must trust that the Lord will give our whole selves the rest we need as we in His strength and in His name give our whole selves in service to to others, whether that's in family, business, community, or in the church. So now let's consider verses 39 through 44, where we will see our ultimate rest. Our ultimate rest. Since Jesus is the true messianic shepherd, we must ultimately rest and be satisfied in him. Now, we have the chief shepherd here taking control of the situation. You have thousands of hungry people out in a, desolate, in a desolate place, and what are they to do? Our Lord commands them to sit on the green grass. It's important to consider all the little details in this passage, or any passage for that matter. Why did Mark point out that the grass was green? Why would that matter? 
He's painting a scene for us. Surely, our minds might take us to one of the most well-known passages in Scripture as we sometimes sing, The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me down to lie. In pastures green he leadeth me, the quiet waters by. Now, Jesus is the shepherd of Psalm 23. He is the Lord. It also may bring to mind Isaiah's prophecy that in the Messianic age, the deserts will be made into gardens. A picture of Jesus fixing the broken world when all is made new and the consummation. But it also reminds us that Jesus is the Messiah. He's making all things new as the new Adam. He makes his people recline at the Messianic banquet table. Notice how they sit in formation like a banquet style. As it says in Song of Solomon, He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. We also see Jesus as the Lord as the, of the new Exodus, feeding his people sweet manna from heaven. These beautiful themes that connect all Scripture together continue. As we read verse 40, 41, hear, hear, uh, hear these words, And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven... And said a blessing, and broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. See, here Jesus takes, he blesses, he breaks, and he gives. And these are the exact verbs that are used again in the Gospel of Mark in 14.22. And as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it. And gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And he goes on to say in 1425, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And so, this scene not only points forward to the Lord's Supper, but also like the Lord's Supper, it points to the death and resurrection and ultimately the messianic banquet, the fulfillment of all things in the end. So you see, Jesus, as the true shepherd, is giving these sheep who have found their true shepherd a glimpse of the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's a really beautiful picture. He's giving them a picture of the messianic banquet in the new heavens and the new earth. And notice, he feeds them, and they were satisfied. In the same way, we look forward to the messianic banquet where we will be fed by Jesus and be satisfied. Because he gave himself for us and was broken for us. And not only does Jesus feed us and clothe us as our God, but he is the true heavenly bread who gave his broken body for us that we may have life in him in the kingdom of God. And he calls us to take and to eat and be satisfied. You see, these marvelous, glorious realities... That Jesus, that our King Jesus is a compassionate shepherd who feeds us all that we need and will ultimately feed us face to face. This should stir us up to find rest and satisfaction in him. Like a little baby at his mother's breast who only finds true rest and satisfaction in feeding, being held in her arms, clothed in her affection and love, we should desire his rest and satisfaction above all else. There's nothing like a mother's affection, 
And there's nothing like the true shepherd's satisfaction. The satisfaction that he alone can give. How often do we seek the satisfaction that we desire in worldly ways? We forget the Lord and the rest he alone can give. We believe lies of the devil which tell us that being in the word, prayer, Christian fellowship, worshiping the Lord is tiring and exhausting and we just need to be entertained. We need to muse. That's what real rest is. We're constantly being told lies about rest and satisfaction. We are told we will be satisfied if we make enough money to buy the bigger house or luxury car. Or if you're single, many of you think, if I just found a mate, I'll be satisfied and content. If you're married, you think, if my wife just respected me more, if my husband listened better or at all, uh, I will be satisfied if I get that desire. I'll be at rest then. We're always dissatisfied because of something we don't have, either immaterial or material. But Christian, the real reason you are dissatisfied is because you're looking in the wrong place. Jesus is the one who feeds with heavenly food that will never leave you dissatisfied. He's the delight of the soul that brings true joy. He has water that will quench your thirst forever. The water that he gives becomes a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He's the one who says, come to me and I will give you rest for your souls. Brothers and sisters, ultimately, if you seek to pour yourself out as a drink offering for others, you must rest. But your rest ultimately is in vain if it's apart from Christ, the true shepherd in whom is our rest and in whom is our satisfaction. All our needs are met in Him and through Him and by Him. And if Jesus, with only five loaves and two fish, fed all the people until they were satisfied, can He not satisfy you now and in the world to come? In the words of the old hymn, Let let us love our God supremely, Let us love each other too. Let us love and pray for sinners till our God makes all things new. Then he'll call us home to heaven. At his table, we'll sit down. Christ will gird himself and serve us with sweet manna all around. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for such a precious Savior, our true shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. May we follow the voice of our shepherd this week and the next until he comes again. We pray in his name. Amen.